Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 15 of the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas, the University of Oklahoma. This is the Boomer Bevo podcast. Kevin, you played the University of Alabama yesterday. Yes. And I want to warn our viewers. I want to warn our viewers of something. Viewers, listeners, Sooner fans, Texas fans, you're going to hear a lot today from the guy in the orange shirt. All right? You're going to hear a lot about what could have been, what should have been, bad calls, bad breaks. You're going to hear about a dropped Xavier Worthy pass in the end zone. You're going to hear about a no pass interference call in the end zone. You're going to hear about Quinn Ewers, the number one recruit, breaking his collarbone. You're going to hear about a missed field goal at the end of the second at the end of the second quarter. You're going to hear about a mysterious, inexplicable non-safety call on the University of Alabama. You're going to hear how the University of Texas had nine more first downs than the University of Alabama. You're going to learn how the Texas quarterbacks outpassed the defending Heisman Trophy winner. Keep all of that in mind. Fine. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The University of Texas lost. Don't let that get lost on you, the loyal listener of the Boomer Bebo podcast. Texas got beat. We're not here for moral victories. We're not here to coat it, sugarcoat it, blow sunshine up anybody's butt. Texas lost to the University of Alabama 2019. Kevin, what do you think about that? Does that get you fired up? Okay. Does that get you fired up? Of course, man. It was a great game. All right. First thing I want to hit on is the atmosphere in Austin yesterday. Okay. Texas fans, kind of like OU fans, kind of get a bad rap for the home atmosphere in the stadium just being okay. For more spectators and, you know, die hard, stand up on your feet, yelling the whole time type fans. Not yesterday. Nope. They broke an attendance record, over 105,000 fans there. Will Anderson said after the game, you know, we talked a lot about him in the preview episode, that it was the craziest environment that he'd ever played in. Are you serious? Played, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, so, first of all, the fans looked – it was insane, and the uh, the pictures from pregame, the pictures on Twitter, at game day, at Big Fox, our big noon kickoff. I mean, y'all had fans lining up, camping. When's the last that? When's the last time that happened for a UT home game? I, mean, I don't even know if that happened for the LSU game because that was a night game. The LSU game back in 2019. Again, that was a night game, so I don't think it, it had that kind of buzz that early in the morning. I mean, the fan- section was full. At nine o'clock. Your fans brought it. Um, one fan in particular made my stomach turn. You know, I forget that Kevin Durant went, went to UT because he only played there for one one year. But the sight of Kevin Durant, it just sickens me. He's just, he's such a douche. Well, y'all are just mad because he left. So y'all just can't get over it. No, I'm not over it. You're right. 100%. I am not over it. Spur. Y'all got to move on for your own health. For your own well-being. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I thought when we dra- I thought when we drafted Chet Holmgren that everything was going to change, but then you know whatever. Anyway, back to the game. Uh, take it. Take us through that first quarter. I mean, it was almost a dream start for Texas. Almost. Listen, we, we, again, on our preview episode, we talked about this. What I wanted to see, I wanted them to come out firing from the opening kickoff, and that's exactly what happened. Quinn Ewers, I think he showed everybody. I've been telling you about this kid for a while and why he should be the starter, even over the more experienced Hudson Carr. This, he was this kid it. came out with no fear at all. No, no fear he, whatsoever. Dude, he was slinging the ball, man. And, and, it, yeah. and it looked really – um, it looked effortless. Like it didn't look like he's ripping – you know, it just looked like he was slinging no. it. Oh, I, this is not a comparison. I'm not – this is not – I'm not saying he looks like he's the next whatever. I'm just saying the way he slung the ball in almost a casual manner had an Aaron Rodgers-esque quality to it in the sense that it yeah. just looked really easy. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but it just looks really, really easy, you know? But yeah, it's effortless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he can that long pass he had to to Worthy on their second drive, right? I mean, oh. he's at the 40-yard line. It's one-on-one coverage. He just launches it and it's perfectly right in stride. I mean, this game is how about Worthy making the catch with the guy hanging onto his face mask? Yeah, grabbing his face mask. I mean, listen, I mean, you you remember the Red River shootout last year. The guy oh. had 261 yards as a true freshman. Dude, Gus Johnson Jones- has a more talented quarterback getting him the ball. As much as I love Casey Thompson, I mean, Gus is just a significant talented talented player. Gus Johnson loved Xavier Worthy. He called him the next D.D. Westbrook, and he said Hollywood Brown. Actually, Hollywood. I'm sorry, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown. And it's obvious that those those comparisons are justified. I think. I don't think that's. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. Um, Let's start with that first drive where you get the. uh, where you can end up with the field goal, pass interference in the yeah. end zone. Absolutely, yeah. And again, I'm not one to ever come on and blame the refs or anything. But yeah, I mean McKinstry, who's a great corner, he doesn't have. He's not facing the ball. He has both hands on Jatavian Sanders' jersey. Who, again, we talked about in the preview episode as being a mismatch for um, for Alabama. I thought I and, thought Alabama's game plan was to be as rough as possible with the receivers and they got away with a lot they did they got away with a lot especially in the first half I mean they were they're really grabby I think one of the craziest things is it showed that Texas receivers they couldn't handle them the Alabama DBs could not stay with the Texas receivers at all but they were, if you look back there were guys running wide open guys running wide open um that takes you to your second drive and well, that first drive—that's the one that ended in that um, that uh, Quinn had or that Xavier Worthy dropped the touchdown pass. Yeah, uh, dude, you know, listen, deep pass is a great throw. That would have been the perfect start for you guys. Who knows what would have happened from then? But that would have been a perfect start. But you get the ball back, you um, you make that great pass down the sideline, and he does the right thing by throwing it away. I don't know who missed the coverage, who missed the pass block. But he got rocked by Dallas Turner. Yeah. Do we have an update on his condition? Last I heard that um, Sark said in the press conference that he had a sprained clavicle. Sprained clavicle. He's going to have it. They don't know how severe it is. He's going to have an MRI. So we're heard nothing since then. Are we pop? Dude, it looked. It looked bad. It did not look good. 
and it's his non-throwing shoulder. You hope he can come back, um, you know, in like three weeks or whatever that number is. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You hope he can come back, but golly, dude, he got rocked. And I got to be honest with you. I tweeted out uh, that it was, you could tell without yours, you were reminded that Texas was a five and seven team last year because they had to go really conservative that first couple drives after that. But then Hudson Card really stabilized the ship and really turned it, it kept it a ball game. You know, I give him a lot of credit. And remember, he got injured early in the second quarter, too. I mean, the guy can barely run. He can barely move. And then, you know, the later he got in the game, he couldn't even throw the football well. He couldn't push off when throwing the ball downfield. Uh, you've got it tied 10-10. They make just a crazy play. That, yeah, the, the Jason McClellan, who we, again, who we talked about yeah. in the preview episode, former OU commit. I mean, it was a great run by him and, and – Kind of a bad angle by our middle linebacker, Jalen Ford. Once he got to the edge, and, and you knew he was gone, man. He was he gone. Was catching this guy from behind. Yeah, so, great run. But you respond with a really good drive, and, and you now you're at the end of the second quarter, and you've moved it all the way down the field, and you are in scoring position. I think you've got a little bit of time there. I'm frustrated if I'm a Texas fan that you didn't go to B. John Robinson. Yeah, with the timeout. With the timeout, um, yeah, you got to put it in the, the hand. I always say, I say this about Oklahoma too. You got to put it in the hands of your playmakers, your best players. Any regret they didn't go for it? A little I mean, bit, yeah. In hindsight, especially, yeah, it would have been nice to see him just try to see if they can get a pass off. What about did you did you like did you like the call though when it happened to just kick the field goal, take the lead into halftime? I understood with two seconds left, just get the lead. At this point, no one expects you to be close anyway. So to, to go into halftime potentially with a three-point lead against Alabama, you'll take it. Again, I, it could have been more. It should have been more. I think you make but, the kick. Yeah. I, I think you make the kick, and it's a non-issue because I think even Texas yeah. receives the ball in the second half. So Correct. Um, Correct. You, you think that's the right play. Second half, a slugfest. Just a slugfest. I mean, it looked like. Big Ten football, uh, SEC non-offensive football. Um, a little bit. I give a, a lot of credit to Texas's defense, but Alabama's receivers did not play well for Bryce Young until the end of the no. game. No, and you know, again, something we talked about in a previous episode. You know, they had question marks at receiver, right? I mean, they were not a team that is that they were not in the question. The questions were not answered. The questions were no, not answered. Not at all. Yeah, or maybe they were. Maybe they just not they just don't have that guy yet. Their their best receiver is Gibbs, and he's your running back. Yes. And now that he's dude very good, by the way. That dude was that guy ev- really good. He was everywhere. He's everywhere in the first half, everywhere in the second half. They don't um, win the game without him. No, 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 no. His, his uh, versatility, being able to run run routes as a receiver. What in the world? Uh, so, confession: I had a soccer game at uh, two p.m. So I'm at the soccer field. Every dad on the field has got their phone out. So we're watching everything. But I did not see the um, grounding, the grounding slash non-safety until this morning. Like I didn't see the the video. I'd heard they were like, oh, it should have been. Holy crap. 
How is that not a safety? What did I miss Man. on the breakdown, on the rules breakdown, on the on the telecast? What am I missing that that's not a safety? It looked like his elbow was down. Okay, so watching it live, I mean, Tavondre Sweat, Texas defensive tackle, just tears through the Bama offensive line. They get Bryce Young, swinging him down. He, they fall down. He's on top of him. Now, normally in that situation, if you're a running back or a receiver, they let that play go. But every time I've seen it, if you have a quarterback down like that, the whistle in, immediately blows. He's down. Yeah, in the grass they or whatever. The quarterback. Yeah. Well, he goes down. As he's down, he looked like he was already down. He throws the ball away. Texas fans are going nuts. We think the play is over. It's a safety. Everybody's celebrating. Gus Johnson's yelling that it's a safety. Well, all of a sudden, you see the flag icon come up on the bottom of the box graphics. You see the refs talking to each other. Rep comes out and calls personal foul, roughing the passer with targeting on Texas linebacker DeMarvian Overshone. Everybody's like, targeting? We're like, what? They show the replay. There's no targeting. There's no roughing the passer. So the rev goes, reviews the play. He's at that monitor for what feels like 10 minutes. Okay, he comes back and he announces that there was no targeting. And then that the call was explained to him wrong by the other official. So there's no roughing the passer. They were only reviewing for targeting. There is no targeting. It's fourth down. So I'm like, okay, well, what about the safety? So apparently what they're saying is, since they were just reviewing for targeting, they never called intentional grounding on the field live as it happened. Therefore, you can't go back and review intentional grounding. So instead of it being two points, it just became a punting situation. It was fourth down, and Bama got to punt. I'm sorry. I hate the University of Texas. I do not want y'all to win any games. But you have got to be the hugest Alabama homer in the world to not admit that is asinine. Asinine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you have replay for if you can't judge what occurred on the field? I agree. Yeah. It, it's just insane. In addition, what do you need replay for to see what 105,000 people saw, including the defense and the offense? Alabama walks off with their heads down knowing that it's a safety. Correct. Correct. I just... uh, Big 12 refs, mind you. No. I saw some stuff on there on Twitter last night about how Texas is ready to leave just because of the refs. You know, whatever. But it was honestly like you were playing it. Those refs felt like you were playing in Alabama. From the pass interference calls to that call. Mm -hmm. You got... Not only did you not get home cooking, but or you didn't get home cooking, but you felt like they were guarding against it or something like yeah. it was so odd. Yeah. It was really odd, yeah. And you know what? When you do home and homes, don't you usually do either a neutral crew or the SEC crew does it in at the Big Twelve Stadium and the Big Twelve and exactly. the Big Twelve? Yeah, but I'm when I saw the ref the first time, I'm like. I've seen this guy before. This looks like a Big 12 ref. I was oh, yeah. fully expecting SEC refs yesterday and probably would have preferred it. Um, you get the lead. They, they score. You go back. You get your field goal, which is a big-time field goal, especially after the miss. 49 yards. 
But were you like everybody on the soccer sidelines with me saying that is too much time for Bryce Young? Yeah, absolutely. But it's one of those things, right? You really can't – you couldn't help that if you were Texas, right? It was fourth down. So it's not like they, you know – so was there no down like real quick? Well, I what happened? Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me the. Yeah, I want to know. Did yeah? Did Sarkeesian okay. have any opportunity to manage the clock better, or is that where? No, he was? because okay, there was one mistake on the first down. They got into plus territory. They handed off to the running back Roshan Johnson. He made a pretty good run. When he ran, he went out of bounds. About a minute and thirty seconds left. He went out of bounds on first down. I thought he should have stayed in bounds to force Alabama to start using their timeouts. Okay, he didn't. So anyway, second down, we run the ball, timeout. And then on third down, we go for a pass. Nobody's open. They cover it well. Bijan slips, who was going to block Will Anderson and probably would have blocked Will Anderson. He slipped going towards Anderson. Anderson gets his one and only sack of the game, really the only moment he was in the backfield. We'll, we'll come back to that, though. Yeah. And so it's fourth down. They called a timeout. There was, I mean, it's a 49-yard field goal. There was no other option there but to kick yeah. the field goal with that amount of time left. So, it, it, You just, though, had the sense. Absolutely, yeah. No question about it. That once given Bryce Young that opportunity, that you weren't going to – all you had was a field goal. I mean, you know. and Yeah, it just needed a field goal. It, field just, goal. it needed a field goal. I got to tell you, it was a, it was a heck of a game uh, for the fans – uh, it was a heck of a game for Texas. It was. It Bitters, really was. The, the law. Let me ask you this. Here's a question. Which hurts worse? The potential loss of yours for significant time or the one point loss by Alabama? The one point loss to Alabama. Oh, the loss of yours. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you saw in that first quarter what he's capable of. This is a kid in his second start of his career going up against the best defense in the country. And just was lights out throwing the football. Uh, I want to talk about Anderson from Alabama because you you said it. I thought it the same. He got two penalties on him in the first quarter for offsides, and then you yeah. didn't really hear his name called a lot. Like he was not either Texas was scheming against him, and we just couldn't tell, or he just was having a bad game. But some, tell what would you see? Okay, first off, we, again the difference. We thought the difference in this game was going to be the fact that Texas offensive line had no chance whatsoever to block Will Anderson or Dallas Turner. Right. Okay, I have never been more wrong about anything. The, the offensive line, as far as pass blocking, that was the best performance I've seen from them in a very long time against a quality opponent. Yeah. I mean, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner were virtual non-factors in the game. Except for the injury, except for the injury and that forty-nine yard, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dallas Turner, the only thing I remember him doing is injuring Quinn Ewers, which is obviously a huge deal. But I thought he was going to be in the backfield all day, and he just wasn't. Texas actually showed something in their first game. They have an offensive lineman named Andre Kerr. He was a starting left tackle at one point. Kelvin Banks, a true freshman, won the left tackle job. So what they did, I noticed this in the first game is they would put Andre Carrick on the field wearing number 92 and use him as another tight end. Okay. Okay, so he played a lot in that game, and they would put him on the side of one of those edge rushers, usually Will Anderson, almost like a big H-back. Also, they would put a tight end over there, so they were double-teaming Will Anderson all day. 
But the Texas offensive line, from a pass blocking standpoint, like I said, I haven't seen oh. them play better. Like to keep to have those two guys, you know, and I think Will Anderson's the best defensive player in the country. I think he'll be a top five pick. I think Dallas Turner will too when his time comes. He's a year younger than Anderson. But they were complete non-factors from a pass rushing standpoint until Will Anderson sacked Hudson Card literally right before Texas kicked that field goal late in the fourth quarter. Okay, I couldn't believe it. You take a step back. Take a step back. You've had a day. You're all, you're you're almost you're twenty. You're almost twenty four hours removed from kickoff. Is there a way to look at it? Did Alabama have a bad game? Texas have a good game? Are both true? I think both are true. I think both are true. But here's the thing, though: Alabama played a lot of mistakes, but I think Texas had a lot to do with those mistakes. The atmosphere had a lot to do with it, and uh, Texas's game plan. I thought. I still think this. You know, almost 24 hours later, I thought Texas was a better coach team out there. Well, I don't know what Alabama's game plan was. It sure it sure did look that way from a penalty standpoint. I mean, the, yeah. the penalties killed Alabama, especially in the first quarter. Um, Texas will look back at this game as missed opportunities. Correct. The drop by Xavier Worthy, the pass interference, and remember that uh, interception. Was that in the second quarter, first quarter or second quarter? There was a really easy interception that Texas dropped. Oh, yeah, Deshaun James in the corner. Yeah, And I think that dude is still running if he picks that off. I agree. I think he scores too. And so it's just this kind of this what if is going to – the question is going to be, and we'll talk more about this next week, is will there be a hangover? Did you give Alabama your best shot and and you're kind of like – What's the right word? Um, you're kind of punch drunk from it because I think that's kind of a little bit what happened to Notre Dame, where you give Goliath your yeah. your best shot against Ohio State. I mean, you go all out. I we'll talk about it. I don't want to get too much into it, but UTSA is not a bad team. No, not at all. And or conversely, we just went toe to toe with Alabama for sixty minutes. And should have won the game. So I, I'm fascinated to see how Texas responds. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, they went toe-to-toe from, with Alabama and should have won the game. But, again, it doesn't mean much for me going forward. You know, Now, again, if we see that same type of effort and intensity on a weekly basis, that's a team that's going to be very hard to beat by anybody in the Big 12. Agreed. Right? Agreed. But again, are we going to see that? You know, I thought that after the – Oh, OU game last year at the Red River Shootout. Okay, like, you know, we punched them. They punched back. Eventually they won. But, hey, we got what it takes to hang with every team in the Big 12. And then we end up going 5-7 and seven and losing to Kansas at home. I, I, also right. think, I also think the advantage that Texas had is that he could game plan for Alabama for four months. Correct. Yeah. I mean, he even you, said the game plan was done three months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it just gives you a really distinct advantage early in the year. Uh, we'll see. Hey, Kevin, before we talk about the University of Oklahoma, let's give you a reminder that we are sponsored by Adjusters for the Insured, Brown O'Haver. They are the Alabama of public adjusting in that they will take your best shot from the insurance. They will take the best shot from the insurance company and still come out on top. If you have been getting 
the runaround from your insurance company over a property loss, fire, wind, claim, theft, vandalism, tornado. Give Brown O'Haver a call, 405-735-5510. Let them fight for you, not the insurance company. Let them get you more money. Kevin, switching. Real quick, hold on, before we switch. All right, I'm going to give you one last word. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to the Texas defense, man. Again, we clowned these guys all last year, and deservedly so, okay? The, the way they played yesterday against the run, they gave up an 81-yard run on the second drive of the game. Yeah. And I mean, you think, okay, here we go, right? Like, here, here we go. They allowed three yards of carry on every other run besides that 81-yard run by Jace McClellan. Um, The defense looked good. I, I, I'm not me. I want to – I've got the the game taped. I'm going to go back and look at it some more. But I still contend that a lot of it was – you talk about not really good coaching. I think that's astute. I think that's a good observation because I don't think the receivers were ever in the right spot for Bryce Young. He made – well, not ever, but he made a lot of throws where he's looking at the receiver like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. One one in particular was I think in the second quarter where – He's in, he should have just settled there, right? You know what I'm talking about? And he just yeah, keeps yeah. running. And Bryce Young is like, so I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't want to take anything away from you guys. I thought y'all played it. I thought you played a great game. It's just, oh, uh, God, dude, you got to win that. We got to win that game. You got to yeah. win that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, uh, what wasn't a good game was the University of Oklahoma versus Kent State. Um, Just an anemic first half nothing offensively. I The first three drives were three and outs. I've got the run the damn ball hat on, but they couldn't run the ball for diddly do. It was, no. it, it, it was concerning, you know, that the, they got it going. I guess there's a look ahead, although I don't know how you're looking ahead to a one and two Nebraska team, but it just, it was lackadaisical. To your point about Oklahoma, Texas's defense, Oklahoma's defense balled out all game. To only give up three points in 2022 is like a virtual shutout. I mean, it was they won 14 play drive for a field goal, and that was it. And you never really thought they were going to get a touchdown. Um, so we can talk about that. Stutzman, Bowman again had a great game. Grimes again. It's nice to see that three level a playmaker in each of the three levels of the defense. So that's fun. That's exciting. Offensively though. um, Braden Willis was missing in action. Eric Gray was fine. But again, dude, he was just that same guy. He's always been. It's just like, yeah, I I think at this point, it it may be fair to say that this is just who he is. This is what you're going to get. And you know what? It's not good enough. And it's not good enough when you've got a Marcus Major who is an explosive play waiting to happen. And he showed you some of that explosion with the touchdown. He he had half the carries, but he had more yards per carry. Uh, so he's very productive. I started the hashtag yesterday, start Marcus. Hashtag start Marcus. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, Mark, Mark, Eric Gray seems to me like he's probably that dude who is just awesome who shows up early, shows up early, stays late, knows every answer in film session, is polite, 
works hard. The offensive lineman loves him. You know, everything is is rosy. And yet, just give me something, bro. Like, and I just, against Kent State, you got to be able to run the ball. Because that will probably be, I mean, shit, look at, look at Kansas one. Kansas beat West Virginia. This is probably the weakest defense we're going to see all year. Possibly. And it was nothing. Uh, at the end of the first, well, if you look at his stat line, yeah, if you look at it, if you just look at the box score, you know, kind of like, so the only, the only recap show I watch now that I do the podcast is I just watch, uh, the, the fo- football final count or foot, uh, what is it? Football the final. Yeah. yeah. The college football final, Jesse Palmer. And, you know, when they show the highlight, it's kind of like what you see when you look at the box score. He went 21 of 28, 296 yards and three touchdowns. That's a great stat line. It's like, man, that's, that's fantastic. That is not what he looked like in the first quarter, first half of that game. Yeah, it was a little rough, right? Yeah, it just wasn't very good. Yeah. It just wasn't One very good. One thing is, though, that Marvin Mims is back. Case, Marvin know. Mims. Listen, it, it, just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the play. That's the game that he's got to have. He's got to keep having. He's going to have to keep having those. He is going to. That has to be not the exception, but the rule. We have to expect two touchdowns and 150 yards every week, or we're not going to win games. That I, That's just a fact. He's the best player on the team. He's got to get the ball as much as he can. Last week, I asked for Theo Wees. That's fine. Work him into the game. I was wrong about that take. It needs to be more Marvin Mims. Yeah, he is that dude. Absolutely. I'm not wrong about Marcus Major. We need Marcus Major. We need more Marcus Major. Braden Willis, I don't know if they just weren't featuring him. He had a one bad drop. Did not look good. He did. Yeah. You know, the offense came back with 33 unanswered points and blah, blah, blah. But it's Kent freaking state. It should have been 60 unanswered points. So. Yeah. Didn't cover. We thought they would both cover. So we'll get, well, we'll get there you happen. go. There, There's the exciting break. There, well, go ahead. I think Danny Stetson might be the best player on the team. He's the best player on defense. This dude is really, really good. And we saw glimpses of it last year. He came into the Red River Street had to play very well as a true freshman last year. That's uh, a big environment to come in and ball out in. When you pair, you pair Danny Stutzman with Brent Venables, and that's that's like magic in a bottle. I mean yeah. – you look at I can um you'll have to help me with some Clemson linebackers just because I don't know any that right off the top of my head. But you think of Rocky Kalmus and Torrance Marshall and Teddy Lehman and Curtis Lofton, and you're thinking, I mean, those are big time college football players. Yeah. That all had the tutelage of Brent Venables to make them as good as they were or or bring out the greatness in them. I I Stutzman. If not this year, next year, he's a candidate for for the linebacker. I mean, he Buckus has to award. be. Buckus Award, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah he's, he's really good, man. He's really active. He's all over the field. They drop using him in coverage, too. He all right. I don't really want to talk about the OU game anymore because I just uh, – a couple – let me just give a couple observations non-field-related. Number one, watching a game on ESPN Plus sucks. Um, I had to watch it through Hulu. If anybody has to watch football on Hulu, I feel sorry for you. Like invest in YouTube TV. 
because it just was, it's crap. You can't switch games very easily. I couldn't see what else was going on. I just, I, I'm glad that we only have one on ESPN plus number two, though. I thought Ryan leaf was actually a pretty good announcer. I was impressed with him. Yeah. He wasn't bad at all. He wasn't bad at all. I mean, for all the, yeah. you say Ryan leaf and all the images that come into your head from Ryan leaf and yelling at a dude in the, um, Yelling at yelling at a dude in the locker room with the Chargers. Having to be uh, calmed down by restrained by Junior Seau. That's yeah, no joke. Yeah. Rest in peace. And rest in peace. And then you've got uh, you know all his drug issues, and he's a college golf coach, and just all the the life of Ryan Leaf is fascinating. And he seemed yeah. like a really good dude, really sharp. Um, yeah. I liked I liked a lot of his breakdowns. I, I think. Mm-hmm. For having him be probably, you know, what is he on ESPN's list of? He's got to be like eighth team, you know, if you're calling a Sooner Vision game. But I thought he was pretty good. I mean, I'm still jealous. Y'all got uh, jo- Joel and uh, Gus. I think I guess we'll have him next week. Will we have him next week? Hmm? Um. All right, dude. Let's talk about some other teams, and then we'll talk about our picks. But real quick, I think there's one thing that the host of the Boomer Bebo podcast can agree on wholeheartedly. When AM loses to Appalachian State at Kyle Field, is there anything better in the world? No, there is not. Jimbo it's Fisher. Not Jimbo Fisher, you can suck it. I, I, I hate you. I hate I hate AM. Uh I, I, I they just look terrible. They have no quarterback. Yeah, no, they don't. They have no they haven't had a quarterback since he's been there. And if you don't have a quarterback in college football, you, you can't win. And here's the thing. You know they got to have somebody that can play football. So I don't understand what's going on down there, but I freaking love it. Well, here's uh, the thing, real quick, before we move on. Sure. This is a guy who, after Jameis Winston, we just proclaimed that he was a quarterback whisperer. Okay? Right. Since then, since Jameis Winston's Heisman season, right, or since Jameis Winston left the year after his Heisman season, he has not had a quarterback that has got over 60% completion percentage and 20 touchdowns in the same season. What are we talking about? It's insane. Like back quarterbacks, he has sixty percent completion percentage. Dude, you look at the look at the kid who played. Okay, well, well, first of all, look at Texas's backup, right? So already your second string quarterback was more productive against what some would always say is the best defense of college football. Was on more productive. Lake, What's that on a bum leg? Good, fair point. Yeah. On a bum leg, then then A and M starter against Appalachian State. Then you've got the kid who didn't score any touchdowns against Oklahoma. Uh, at Kent State, that dude was running all over the place. A and M would take him in a minute. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. You've got the number one recruiting class by a mile, historically the greatest NIL, whatever doesn't matter. Number one recruiting class by a mile. You can't find a kid that can throw the ball against Appalachian State. I, yeah. It's I, and it Appalachian. Last week. They were concerned last week too. Well, um, and look at they put Sam Houston and they couldn't move the football. And it's not like App State is a juggernaut App State team. They gave up 60 and lost to North Carolina. So 65, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, we're not yeah. sit, sitting here. Appalachian State is like some hidden defensive gem. No, no. App State is a fine football team. They're going to be nine and whatever, 10 and whatever. And in the Sun Belt. Yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. They're going to be great. But, jeez. No, All right. Yeah, you can't lose to them at home. Another shocking loss. But when you think about it in terms of framing it against you gave your best shot and then you have to then have to play another game the next week, Notre Dame. First time Notre Dame. It's bad, dude. At home. Both of these games are at home. At home. Yeah. Um offense. It's uh, yes. I listen, I think Marcus Freeman made a mistake. 
Okay. It's kind of like when Lincoln Riley became head coach, he kept Mike Stoops on. You think keeping Tommy, you think, you think keeping Tommy Reese was a mistake? Correct. Yeah. It just looks like a worse version of Brian Kelly's offense. I don't know what they're trying to do. There's no real creativity out there. You can't scheme guys open like Sark can, like Levy can. Guys were running open yesterday for OU, right? Oh, yeah. You think Riley can run, you know, scheme guys open. Dude, listen, we're not going to talk about that game, but they beat down Stanford. Caleb Williams looked like a stud. Jordan, they look like they've got weapons from, oh. Mario Williams, man. (laughs) They've got dudes. Suck so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're going to be tough. I mean, they're playing in front of like 5,000 fans, but still, it look, yeah. they're just killing people. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, the crazy, the, what I what I foresee happening is them going like 7-0 and until they have to play Utah. I think that's, yeah. um, I thought Notre Dame would beat them. I don't know. I, if Notre Dame can't score, they might not be able to beat them. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, they might be able to play well defensively because Marcus Freeman, but they gave up 165 yards rushing to Marshall's running back there. <laughs> I, I tell you, we'll talk about it next. We'll talk about it on the next episode. I, I, I'm, if I'm Texas fan, I am concerned to have that same sort of hangover going into UTSA because yeah, UTSA is a fast team. They're different than Alabama. They're not going to hit you in the mouth, but they're going to cut you by a million paper cuts. And I'm just, just out there in the universe. And listen, and that's a reason why I'm not. While I'm proud of their effort yesterday, I'm not saying that, oh, this is going to mean we're going to win the Big 12 or do this and this next year. I want to see how they play next week. We'll have more. Then they got to go to Lubbock after that. Um, we'll, we'll know more then. Kyle Lubbock had a good win. Texas Tech had a good win against Houston. That, that was. That was pretty good. Um, Nebraska. Ugh. Did you watch the end of that? No, I didn't. Who cares about Nebraska? I did. I mean, what are they doing, dude? I mean. <sighs> Georgia Southern. And here's the problem, right? So now Oklahoma is in a no-win situation, right? They have to win, and they have to almost win big um, because that's their marquee game. And it's just – you're playing a one-and-two game. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's it's so bad. And lose to Georgia Southern at home. No. Oh, no. It, they you should be – three, 42 points. They should be – You know Clay Helton was their head coach? Remember Clay Helton, the one who got fired for USC? Yeah, he's their head coach. Georgia Southern. Well, he didn't look bad. Didn't no, Georgia, they lit it up. Didn't Georgia Southern give somebody a game in the first in the first week? I think they did. I just don't remember who. They used to run a triple option before it had. Oh no, not anymore. They had like 55 passing attempts. Uh hold on just a second. I feel like they gave them a game. Um that's crazy. 45 points. Unbelievable. Let's see. Well, they know they just played one game and they killed whoever they had Morgan State or whatever. So, no, I must be thinking okay. of a different team. Yeah, maybe Georgia State. But anyway, so let me ask you this question before we get to our picks. If you think about the scope of college football yesterday, did anybody look good? I thought it was more the weekend of everybody looking bad. Yeah. Yeah, a lot I, of the top teams did not look good. I mean, can, the spreads, I don't think anybody in the top 10. Kentucky got a good win. That was one of our picks. You I lost. I you did. lost. Yeah. I won. Uh, great win for Mark Stoops. The winningest coach. Here's what's interesting, though. I'm not picking on Kentucky. Oh, I'm picking on Kentucky a little bit. But, like, when you think of programs like Oklahoma and Texas, 
and you find out that the winningest coach at Kentucky only has 61 wins. Yeah. And Oklahoma has four coaches with 100 wins. Yeah. And Texas, I don't know what Mac and Deke, what did Mac and Daryl Royal, Royal, I mean, well over 100 wins, right? Oh, so yeah, both of them. Yeah. It's just, is Mac your winningest coach or is, it, or is it still DKR? The Mac is. Yeah. And, and so it's just interesting to me. It's like, man, 60 wins. Golly, I think not very impressed. That reminds me of one time when I ran a race. Uh, when Alice would make me run races and we actually did a five, a 4.2 mile run. It's a weird number because it was the Pat Tillman Memorial run at Arizona state. Yeah. makes sense. Right. Number 42. Mm -hmm. And you run around the stadium and then you finish, which was really cool inside the stadium on the 42 yard line. Wow. And that was a really cool experience. I'm not picking on, but it's just interesting when you talk about programs and you look up and around their banners, they've got like the Garden State Bowl is one of the things they yeah, you're like, are happy about winning. And you're like, Garden yeah. State Bowl? Yeah. If Oklahoma ever put the Garden State Bowl up, oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, I don't think anybody looked good yesterday. I, I don't. Georgia had a nobody. They beat, beat them down. I think Georgia probably jumps number one, right, pretty easily. I agree, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Alabama probably goes number two, but they won. But they they've might. got exactly. they've got issues. They do. Um, this might expose a few weaknesses there. We'll see if anybody else is able to exploit it, or if they just go nuts the rest of the season. Ohio State's win is brought into question with the Notre Dame loss, but they'll probably hold firm at three. Yeah. Um, number four. Who was number four going into this last week? And we don't. Want... No, I'm not sure. Let me pull that up real quick. Yeah, pull up the top ten last week, just real quick. While you're doing that, let me recap our picks. We were four and two going into the week. Kevin, one and two let yesterday. Rough day. Rough day at the office. My Sooners let you down and the Kentucky Wildcats. John, two and one, jumps up to five and three on the year. Lost Oklahoma because they played like crap, but won with a big Kentucky win. John. It's five and three. So if you are waiting to get some picks next week, they'll be out on Wednesday night, Thursday morning when we post our pregame. Um, okay. I'm giving out free picks. Kevin, free picks. Free okay. picks. Three free picks will be given out on uh, on the pregame. Uh, well, who was the top ten real quick? Real right. real quick. Bama and Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan was four. Uh, Michigan looked good. Yeah. Clemson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not and, sold. I'm not sold on Ugalaya Lee. He's just, he's just okay. Is he okay? Is Dabble gonna pull the plug on DJ and go to the freshman Cade Klubnik, five star freshman from Austin? Well, did he? He did that with. Uh, he did that with what's his name, right? He did with that uh, with Kelly Bryant and for Trevor Lawrence. I, I, well, listen, Kelly Bryant was a way better quarterback than Ugalaya's ever been. So if he I was agree, yeah. if he was willing to pull the trigger, then I think you pull it. I mean, doesn't he have one more kind of? Run around game next week before they get into conference yeah. play. Uh-huh. I would. Uh, okay, who was number five? Okay, um, Clemson was five. A and M was six. <laughs> you suck, Clemson. Are you suck A and M? I love it. Uh, OU was seven. Notre Dame yeah. was eight. Oh, they're only two now. Baylor was number nine. They got beat overtime. They lost overtime at BYU, and USC was ten. Wow. So you could potentially have Oklahoma and USC ranked together. Like and, and one might be ranked over the other. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Um, Oklahoma's going to jump up to, if I'm listening right, to six. I would say number six, yeah. Uh-huh. And USC could jump up to seven. Yeah. Uh-huh. And based on voters and eye test, it could even be reversed. Oklahoma State's going up into the top ten as well. Yeah, that was a good win against it. That was a good win against Arizona State. Uh, Oklahoma yeah. State does this crap, man. It, this is the problem. Oklahoma State's a good team. They're a good program. Mike Gundy's a good yeah. coach. Um, until they do something stupid in the year, inevitably. So, yeah. but the, the, Spencer Sanders is like a ninth-year senior, and he, he's got to get better just by law of averages. It looks like he has. Um, but they'll do something stupid. Um, yeah. Dude, listen, not the. Not the best weekend of football. Not week one by any stretch of the imagination of college football. But the Bama-Texas game was fascinating. And I think as we kind of listen to more of the recap, now that I'm going to get online and read some more, I think it's going to just unravel even more as to to the ramifications of that that game. Uh, As a fan, though, I'm going to give you the last word on this week. Well, again – it, I'm proud of the way they competed. It's it is a gut punching loss, though, for sure, because they could have won and probably should have won against a good team. Again, I'm not blaming the uh, the refs for the result. It did play a part, but I think Texas just left a couple of plays out there that they could have made and could have um, swung the game into their favor. Like I said, I am fascinated to see how they respond to this. Do they use this as fuel and say, "Hey, this is what we can be. Let's play like this all season." Or do we see what happened last year where they kind of start doubting themselves and, and, and clutch moments? Although the difference for me between this game and what we saw last year is that last year they kind of beat themselves, right? They always would both give up these huge plays defensively. They never did that. Mm-hmm. They never did that yesterday. So, I mean, I one think big, Ryan one, Watts. One big play. You had one big play. Ryan Watts make that, makes that sack on that incredibly called and executed corner blitz. And he, I mean, it's a great play by Bryce Young. But if he finishes yeah. that, they're out of field goal range and they have to use their last timeout. So who knows what happened to them? So it's a game of inches. So we'll see if they can use that as motivation going forward. Like I hope they can. All right. Well, Oklahoma was supposed to have a big game next week. We'll still talk about it. Oklahoma, Nebraska, about the furthest thing away from the game of the century that you can have between two story programs. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Ref Army. You brought it a little bit. Four new subscribers to the YouTubes. Got to get more. I need more subscribers. Look at this shirt I'm wearing. Look at this shirt I'm wearing. Look how old it is. It's wrinkly. It's raggedy. I need a new shirt. You're probably saying to yourself, John, you look like an affluent guy. You can buy shirts. I can buy whatever I want. The point is, I want my wife to buy it for me. I want my wife to buy Kevin a new shirt. So please, if you've ever wanted your wife to buy new gear, throw some karma out in the world and subscribe to YouTube for us. Kevin, where else can they catch us? You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Stitcher. Anywhere you look for podcasts, we're there. And, of course, the Ref Podomatic page, K-R-E-F Podomatic. We appreciate those guys for putting us up there every week. Absolutely. Kevin, great week. Uh, We'll see you in a couple, three days. Boomer. Welcome.